if you will, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2. We've been talking about uh, on to maturity. I did think, you know, maybe we should change the name to growing pains. You know, anybody ever, when they were growing up, they had pains, you know. I, I know that I had friends uh, growing up, how they talked about how their legs hurt when they grew up. The only time my legs hurt was when, like, I crashed on a bike or a skateboard, and I would come home, and my mom would go, what in the world were you doing? And, uh, you know, I was riding on their handlebars or something like that, and we crashed. And, but, you know, they talk about how bones can ache as you grow, but there are just some pains to growing. Interactions at school, you know, how we deal with one another, and just different things about growth, uh, you know, can have some uh to them. But how many of you know not growing is not a good thing and it's really not an option if you want to function correctly as you get older? Are you with me? So growing does not happen by accident. Somebody goes, no, it's happening by accident for me. Physically, no, it's not. Somebody was cooking you meals or at least making macaroni and cheese often, whatever it was, and then they would teach you clean up, do this, and then they would teach you things. I mean, think about growth and really what growth entails. I mean, we give a lot of effort to growth. When I grew up, they didn't have preschool. You know, you'd hear a little bit about preschool, but now it's like you go to preschool. Kids are learning. It's amazing what kids know at a young age. And then we drop our kids off at school, and they're there all day long. Then, after, uh, you know, for us, we'd go home and play. Now, homework. Some of you are acting like I'm from Mars or something. No, isn't that the truth? I mean, kids have homework. Why, why is that? We're trying to help them to grow and to develop. And if it was left up to kids, there'd be no homework. If you're young, you should be going, amen. And, uh, but there would be, you know, and all we would ever eat is chicken nuggets and desserts or cereal for dinner and not the stuff with all the yuck, you know, like wheat, but we're talking the good ones like Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms. Exactly. And that's what we would eat. And we'd be walking around shaking going, I don't know what's wrong with me. As a kid, but we recognize, you know, you know why I'm all woo, and then all of a sudden I crash, you know, because nobody was watching. I ate a half a bag of chips and a half a container of donuts. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. If it was left to kids, that's what they would often do. So what we try to do is help them so that later on. And has anybody ever had a fight with a kid over what they eat? And it's not as if, you know, you're poisoning them. But how many of them gag like, you know, you know, if somebody could see, what are they feeding their kid? That's called broccoli. You know, stuff that's needful. You know, certain things like that. And people should recognize that natural growth takes some effort. It does. And if you're a parent, you're going to be working with your kids so that they grow and they grow up uh, correctly. 
physically, emotionally, mentally, and all those things. Now, as a Christian, when you give your life to the Lord, you become a child of God. Now, there is a common thought in the world today that uh, everybody is a child of God. No, everybody was created ultimately by God, but not everybody is a child of God. John 8.44, Jesus met some religious people one day, and he made one of those compassionate statements of Jesus. I love you unconditionally. No, he didn't say that. He said, you are of your father the devil. Wait a minute, you know. Remember when WWJD bracelets were real popular? What would Jesus do? He would say, you're of your father the devil. So, and these were religious people, not just because somebody's religious are they that, but he even said this then after he said he was a liar from the beginning and he did not abide in the truth or in the word of God or in the things God said. And it talks about how they and the devil, because of who they really are, that's what comes out. Are you with me? So he was implying here that, and, and not just implying, flat saying it, that those people have a nature that is wrong, and they're not all born of God. But notice this in 1 Peter, this is the first scripture we've been reading, and that state, those statements I made were important. Growth spiritually is not by accident. It takes effort, and there is great reward, but there is also a detriment to those who will not grow spiritually. Later on, there will be things that they would uh, want to overcome and want to live a certain way, and they would be ill-affected. Amen? And then they may go, oh, pray for me, pray for me. And really what they needed was growth earlier on. But you can always grow with God, so to speak, once you're born of God. In other words, you can't grow spiritually until you're born spiritually. Notice this, 1 Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word. Now we've read this before, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, newborn babes. What does that mean? He's talking about people who have given their life to Jesus. They got born new. Now realize this. Anybody who's given their life to the Lord Jesus or received him, whatever term you want to use, got born new. But they didn't get born new physically. Anybody notice that? Wouldn't that be a good start over? Sort of. You know, you're 40, you've got kids that are 20, and now you're an infant. It'd be confusing. But that, we're, we're not talking physical rebirth. We're talking about a spiritual rebirth or a spiritual coming into life or coming alive in God. That is inward, not outward. That is important. Because why? Because we are used to doing the outward life. But when you become a Christian, you start doing an inward life that is to affect the outward life. 
So you could be 50 years old outside or 20 years old outside and be two or three years old in the Lord. Are you with me? And so notice this. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word of God. Notice, as newborn babes desire the milk of the Word of God, for what purpose? Notice this. That they may grow thereby. Everybody say that. Grow by it. You can't grow unless you grow by milk or meat. I'm not against vegetarians. But the Bible is called meat, and the Bible is called milk. And the Bible is called bread, Jesus is called bread, and the Bible is called water. We need these things to live, and we need these things to exist. Notice he said you grow. What part of you grows? I mean, if you're hungry, you can't just read the Bible and grow physically, but you can read the Bible and start to grow spiritually. And really, there is no growth, and we've been dealing with this, the aspects of this, there is no growth without reading the Word or being in the Word. Everybody should, when they first get saved, learn some simple things. And you never outgrow them. One, I should start developing my own relationship with God. I should start praying. I should start being committed to a local church. I should be reading my Bible on my own. And I should be listening to a minister in a church. And we discuss that in detail. Why is this so important? And really, I should be telling other people so they can come to know the Lord too. These are fundamental things. And I understand we, it's, it's a brand new book. You know, and we should recognize, well, where do I start? It's real big. I would suggest starting in the New Testament, reading there for a while before you start spending a ton of time in the Old Testament. And there's a reason for that. One is a new covenant and one is an old one. One is for us because we're now children of God. And what we need to do is realize this. If I am going to grow physically, it's going to take a commitment. If I am going to grow spiritually, there is going to be some commitment. Amen? Is growth the snap of a finger? No. How many would like that? Uh, me. <laughs> Woo! Uh, you know, I'm spiritually, bam! But what, what is growth so important for? It's because what we're trying to do, or God wants in growth is for that new man who's in you to start ruling through you. The new man that's in you to start ruling through you. The new man who is in you or the new person who's in you to start ruling. And if we're not growing, the new man cannot or will not rule. 
Are you with me? And the world needs this, and this is what will bring satisfaction and fulfillment to your life. We have to participate in our own growth. And I know it seems like such a fundamental thing just to be a person who starts reading. And a person who is consciously making a decision to get into the Word of God. But this verse right here is so plain when he says, As newborn babes desire the milk or the pure milk of the Word, that they may grow thereby. If I start growing, the new man or the new person will start ruling. When the new person starts ruling you, you will look different than the world. Your spiritual existence will change. How you're able to partake of spiritual things will start to change dramatically. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Now, we looked at these verses before when we taught on, started teaching about growing up spiritually. And one of the verses earlier on here says we need to hear certain ministry gifts, people who are put in the body, just like a parent is given to raise children. And, and, and you think of this, raising a kid is sobering. It is so sobering if you think, man, I am as a parent responsible to train them up and to help them naturally, but also to help them spiritually. Because they're not going to just live 80, 90 years on the earth and disappear and turn into nothing. They're actually going to live on for eternity. I have a vital role as a parent to be able to direct, to feed, to nurture a spiritual being. Are you with me? And so I should recognize this is a huge discipline. I mean, God put it in our power as human beings to procreate eternal beings. Really. I mean, when, when you know, there's a lot of fighting right now about, you know, because stuff was leaked that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. And people talk about, you know, the right of a parent and a right of the mother. But, you know, the Bible has such a perspective. And, and some of the things the Bible says is just really like, wow, punch in the face. Like, whoa, because you hear all these arguments. But what a person does when they get together and procreate is they actually create an eternal being that will live on forever. And the Bible looks at like th like this. When Mary uh, got pregnant... The Bible said when that, that that was in her was in her, and we won't say what it was, but we'll let the Bible explain. He's, the Bible said that she was with child. That's impactful. That means when, when that bump started growing, or as soon as she got pregnant, she wasn't not, she didn't, have just a fetus, she had a child. She was with child. I mean, immediately, she was with child. Not after she gave birth was she with child. I mean, you think about it. The beginning of the development of that 
child started at conception and then, you know, and, and we know this, that people can even get in trouble, you know, if a mother is doing drugs and stuff like that and they can affect the child how it comes out. Are you with me? But what am I saying? What a tremendous thing to realize that they create an eternal being then when they're out here in this, out here outside the womb, in this room or whatever room, the parent is to develop that kid, train that kid, because that kid is going to live on forever and we've only got a certain amount of time when they're with us. Then we start believing after they're gone. Are you with me? That's huge. But God realizes it's not just natural development, it's spiritual development. So then God uh, raises up people and puts gifts and abilities in them to serve in the church and serve in the kingdom of God and then puts ministers in the church so that the church could be fed. I mean, God is very interested in not only our natural development, but the whole man development. In other words, a person getting saved, then a person growing up in the things of God. God cares about natural development, but he cares, you know, about eternal development because it will go on forever. If you don't do the natural thing good, the natural is going to get dissolved, but the spiritual is going to go on forever. And so God has done it where he puts gifts and abilities in a body to help the body to grow. Are you with me? And so, I mean, that's important. And in this context, we talked about that side of speaking the truth in the verses above where we're about to read, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. God wants all of us to grow up spiritually or, you know, become a full age. And the only way to do it is milk of the word or here speaking the truth in love may grow up. Now, let's look at this verse in the fourth chapter in verse 17. And he's still talking about spiritual growth and spiritual development. And he's going to contrast between people who know the Lord and people who don't know the Lord. Or people who have received eternal life and people who haven't. And what he's trying to do is to get these people to grow up spiritually. And here is really what spiritual growth is for the Christian. To be dominated by the very nature of God that you receive in the new birth. That's a big statement. That means when you give your life to the Lord, you are born new inwardly. So if we had an invitation this morning and said, if anybody would like to receive the Lord, you don't know the Lord, come down front and let's say we had one person come and they're 19 and another person come who's 12 and another person who comes who's, who's 80. And they, well, they stand right here and we pray a prayer with them and they receive the Lord. According to that, they become new. But we would look and go, well, they're 80 outwardly. They're this. You know, they're 12 outwardly. We'll only see the outside. But all three of them will be born new inwardly. That is important. And, and so we recognize because of their outward, they'll have different length of time here on the earth. 
but spiritually, now they're both at the same, they're all really at the same place and need to grow spiritually. And they need that new life to begin to develop, grow, and dominate them. Notice this in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, or you could say it like this, the other non-believers. And notice he said, in the futility of their minds. The world walks the way they do because they're ignorant. And technically, if you read in these verses in their setting, or and before, it's because, and after, it's because of their nature. And the ignorance that's in them. But notice this in verse 23 as you skip down. He said, don't walk like them. They walk in the emptiness of their mind. We need to be careful that we don't adopt the way the world thinks. We need to be careful what we read. We need to be careful what we watch. We need to be careful what we listen to because there are ways that the world thinks that makes them walk contrary to the way God wants people to walk. Are you with me? And you know, and I'm not trying to be crude, but years ago there used to be a saying, you know, because there would be pornographic magazines and people would read, get them, and then they would say, well, I don't look at the pictures, I only read the articles. Well, the articles are probably bad too. But what I'm saying is this, we have to realize this, we need to be careful what we listen to. You know, I remember when The Simpsons came out. And, and they have humor in there. Because humor makes things uh, more palatable or tasteful to swallow. You know, you laugh at it. But it's disrespectful. You know, they, we have a generation that was learned to speak back to their parents and talk back to authority. And we found it funny. Then they put a minister on there. And then the minister is a flat dork, an idiot, and uh, then everybody's laughing at him. Are you with me? And then, then parents are stupid in there, and, and kids are running the program. And then that's what we feed people, and then we wonder why kids are rising up against authority. Now, I'm not blaming everything on them or that program, and not trying to condemn people for watching it, but I am saying that the world is not where we find what we need to walk with God. And what's so important is this, when we think like this, is that uh, sometimes less is more. Sometimes it's worth just not entertaining certain things because it can... You know, with the time we have, sometimes we don't have a lot of times to a lot of time just to get in the word and put a lot in us, so to speak. We just don't. I mean, if you're working and raising a family and or just doing different things, there's a lot going on. And so it's not like you can sit down for eight hours and just read the Bible. But but we can take some time, but 
Less can be more, meaning this. If I'm not feeding myself all those outside things, that smaller amount of the word could probably do more for me. Jesus even taught like that. He said, when the word is sown, he said, be careful of the cares of this world, the distractions of other things that would come in and choke the word. That's why I said, less can be more. In other words, if I put some in me and then I don't have other things that are just flooding my mind, it can really take root. It could help me to grow. And then I'm not conflicted by watching programs or listening, and I'm not against this music or that music, but we ought to realize there is a lot in music, and music is powerful. It is a gift from God that has been twisted. And there are people who have gifts and abilities from God who are not using them for God. And you go listen to them. We could go listen to them and go, man, that guy is talented. And they're good. Whatever the style is. But then we look and we listen to the words and we go, whoa, that's not appropriate. And so that's why I'm saying sometimes less and just getting rid of some things can be helpful for the Word to really take its place in our life. Especially in the day and age we live. I mean, if we don't like FM radio now, we just get XM. You know, then... I mean, it used to be when we were in school, you know, I remember we had Channel 2, and I was from L.A. area, not literally L.A., but we had 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, and 13, and a couple more channels. And most of them went off the air about 11 o'clock at night, and there went the little Indian guy or the vertical lines with the noise. Are you with me? And then if you woke up early on Saturday morning... This is the truth. Anybody remember what happened on Sunday and Saturday morning? All of a sudden, there were church programs. And as a little kid, I'm like, what? When are the cartoons starting? You know what I mean? That was just there. And, but that has changed to where, you know, uh, where you can get hundreds of channels with anything. And more is not always better. I'm sure there are some good things there. But notice what he said here. They walk the way they do because of the emptiness of their mind. Therefore, he said, and be renewed in the spirit or the core way you think. And notice this. And that or so that you may put on the new man. How are you going to put on the new man? How are you going to put on the new person? And what is this new person you're putting on? When I gave my life to the Lord, I mean from day one to the next day, all of a sudden there's a realization, not only is there a God, I know Him. And that's true with everybody. When they give their life to the Lord, they start knowing God. The world does not know Him. Not like we do, and not like we can. And I mean, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I know God. 
life is different, and I wanted to follow this course with God. And uh, I recognized there were certain things that I had done a day or two or three before, and when I went to do it again, something hurt inside. Something was not right. Why is that? Because I was born new. I, if I went back and practiced that other thing, I was going against something that had changed, that really had changed in me. And so notice verse 24, and that you put on the new man. The new man is an inward person. There is a new inward person in you if you've given your life to the Lord. This is what people need to realize. You still have the old mind, but there's a new part of you. And that new part of you is pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's over-the-top phenomenal. As a matter of fact, it's really bad for you to talk bad about yourself when you're saved. It's really bad. You say, why? One, you're downgrading God's work. Because we're going to read look what you look like inside, in your spirit. Not in your mind and not in your feelings, but the part of you that was made brand new is so different. This is why we can't confer with the world about this. We have to confer with God because of what God did in you. You ready to read on? Notice, and that you put on the new man. I can't put on a new jacket or a jacket if I don't have one. I can't put on pants or shorts if I don't have pants or shorts. I can't put on shoes if I don't have shoes. You can't put on what you don't have. But you can put on this new man. This new man is hidden from the outside. It's inside. Notice this. Which was created by God or according to God. In true right standing, righteousness, like you had never sinned, the minute you give your life to the Lord, you are in good standing and you are created like you never had sinned before. Isn't a baby innocent? A natural baby? We don't look at babies and go, wow, wonder what horrible things they did last week. They were in the womb. I used to kick their mom a lot. They were just exercising. Whatever it is. But we don't think like that. And, but how many people, after they've given their life to the Lord, they're sitting there and somebody well-meaning says, you need to go back now and repent for everything you've ever done. And they get you thinking about before you were born again. That's not scriptural. We need to realize we've been justified and made righteous means justified means you were made like you never sinned. God washed all your sins away. Notice this next part. He said created in true righteousness. Then that must mean there's an untrue righteousness. Maybe a self-rightness. And we know these things are in the Bible, that there is people who have a self-righteousness, 
But this is a righteousness that's from God. And then notice the very next thing. And you were created in true holiness. Your new nature is truly holy. Truly right with God. I'm going to read two different translations. Look at this in the, in the uh, English standard, or listen to it. He said, and to put on the new self. Put on the new self. Then that means if you're going to put on the new self, there's still an old self out there, so to speak. It's the old body, the old way of thinking. He said, the new self created to be like God. You were spiritually created to be like God. No wonder he calls you a child of God. I mean, how many people look like their parents? There's a reason they were born of their parents. They were influenced by their parents. Notice this in the Berean Study Bible. It says, and to put on the new self. Created to be like God. The other one said created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness or true good standing and true holiness. What are we putting on? A nature that is like God. A nature that is like God. What are you putting on as you grow, as you renew your mind and feed on the Word of God? Actually, there is a nature that is of God. He created you to be His child. He created you and made you new. He washed your past away and created you wholly inside. Now you understand this, there is an enemy in the world and there are things that would feed thoughts to your mind and say, well, you're not holy. No, you were created that way. God created you that way. He created you and he wants that nature to dominate you. Notice this in Galatians 6 and we're going to get ready to close. But Galatians, the sixth chapter, is a very interesting uh, set of scriptures. And he talks about a Christian or a person who has uh, given their life to the Lord. And then he talks about fruit. Fruit coming in their life. How many of you know this? You can have fruit trees and not have fruit. Are you with me? And uh, you don't have to pray about the fruit. All you need to do is trim or make adjustments and water and feed those fruit trees. And eventually what is in them will come out. If you've got a grapefruit tree or a lemon tree or an apple tree, you're not going to get watermelons. Somebody's like, really? Really? You're going to get what that thing is. And the Bible said, Jesus said this concerning his people. He said, I am the vine. Who is? Jesus. You are the branches. And he goes on later to talk about 
bringing forth fruit. And the key is feeding on the word. Read the context. What fruit is it? You can't bring forth what you're not. Now, if you only evaluate as a believer your natural life, you might go, well, I don't have anything special. But you really do. You really do. Notice this in Galatians 5, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the word Spirit there, if you notice, is capitalized. But in the Greek, the translators had to leave it up to themselves, whether it's capital or lowercase. Whether this is something the Holy Spirit puts in you, or you get recreated and it's in your spirit, notice this. This is fruit that comes out of you. Not out of your mind, but out of who you really are. Notice this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So, you can't have love unless there's love already in you. Not this kind of love. You can have worldly selfish love, but we're talking about God's love. Notice, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or literally graciousness, meekness, self-control. Notice all these things are in a believer. But the key is, we don't want them just to stay in us. Let me say it like this. Others will enjoy this fruit better than no fruit. Kindness is a really good fruit. I mean, and I'm not talking from a natural standpoint. I'm talking from a God standpoint. Some people ask God, God, I need more love. And basically what he would say to us is, um, you need to feed the love you already have. You, you need to feed that new person you already are. And, and notice... He, he makes this statement after. After talking about this fruit coming out of a person's life. And there are other things that God wants to come out of your life that are actually in you. There is eternal life. There's victory. There's authority. There's ability to pray and get results. All these things. There is a massive inheritance that you have. There's actually... Things inside of you that God put in you that will bless others and bless you. But they need to come forth. And the key is, do I feed on the word of God? Notice this in the 24th verse. And those who are Christ's or belong to him have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What does that mean? Does your flesh have a different nature that's trying to control you? 
Well, if you read this in other places, no, your flesh doesn't have a different nature. But your mind and the way you think is still trained like the old way. And so basically he's saying, you need to retrain yourself in the way you think. I distinctly remember this after I gave my life to the Lord. I would just not be nice to everybody. Now I'm working on being nicer to more people. But I remember turning the corner and I was with this person and they didn't know I'd given my life to the Lord and this person was in the crosswalk and I yelled at him or started to and something in me that was not there before I didn't notice went, ugh. And I remember putting my head down and going, I'm sorry. And they looked at me like, who are you? And I rolled up the window. You could tell this a few years ago. I rolled up the window. I wish sometimes I still had roll-up windows. The other day I was in the car wash, and I was like, you know, is the window all the way up? And it's all, wah, wah, wah. and I hit it, and it went down. And I'm pulling, and I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm like, come on, don't tell me it's got messed. And it's spraying in. I'm like, great, well, I've got this rag right here I was going to use. So the rest of the way through the car wash, I'm wiping down the inside of my car. But back then, I sure wish I had to pull the thing and up real quick. And I remember something in me, and listen to this. We're going to close right over here in 2 Corinthians. Tried to get my attention. And I paid attention to it. I paid attention to it. There was love. There was a new nature. My head was still going, hey. But there was something, there was a new man in there, and there's a new man or a new person in everybody who gives their life to the Lord, and he wants to rule. He didn't want the old way. When we live the old way, we get frustrated. If I'm living the old way, if I would have just laid into that guy going through that crosswalk, I would have been frustrated. I was so glad I didn't. But love was trying to get my attention. Because why? Just like you, if you've given your life to the Lord, you're a new creation in Christ. That is a spiritual new creation, not a natural new creation. Are you with me? I, I think sometimes people don't hear that and they think, well, uh, I look the same, I feel the same, but I do recognize something. It's a spiritual newness. 2 Corinthians 5, and, and so when I became new, man, oh my, was it incredible. But you know, I still dealt with things and had to crucify or stop from acting out in old ways of thought. Anybody ever been tempted since you've been saved to do something wrong? Two people? All right. The rest of us are, oh, a few more people. The rest of us then are dead. No. Jesus was tempted. That's a question that we really don't have to answer. Somebody's like, I don't want to raise my hand. I was talking to somebody this morning and, so, and telling them, and we were discussing this statement, people need to realize whether you want to or not, you're going to end up wrestling with stuff. He said, we do wrestle. Don't think, what is wrong with my spiritual walk? I'm wrestling with somebody. 
something. Nothing's wrong with your spiritual walk. You live here. You will wrestle things. Things will come against you. He gives you the remedy of how to always overcome, but don't think you're nuts or like, man, am I sinning somewhere? Maybe not. Because there are just things that are going to happen. But there is a new part of you that wants to rule. 2 Corinthians 5. This is a perspective that we need to leave with. Everybody with me? Notice this. We'll start in verse 17 and then we're going to read backwards. Not like each word. We're going to read 17, then we're going to read. Because somebody's like, wow, this is going to be tough. So we'll, you know. No, we're going to read verse 17, then we're going to read verse 16. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's spiritually. Now let's read verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Or in other words, we don't just examine people outwardly and look at them. He said, even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him this way no longer. Here's what he's saying. We need to not only examine other people and not just look at them outwardly, and we shouldn't just look at ourselves and look at ourselves outwardly. He said, this is how you should evaluate yourself. If you know the Lord, you're brand new inside. The old is passed away. There is something new in you that it is from God. And that is what God wants to dominate your life. That is the way... I mean, the reason why there's wars and all this weird stuff is because there's people who yield to the enemy and have a fallen nature. If we look at a Christian and we see, man, they look just like the world, we don't just evaluate them according to appearance. That's what he said. We need to realize they're just carnal, they're acting like a mere person, but they do have new life. And for us, we need to recognize, listen, this new life can start dominating me. I just need to start eating. Wouldn't it be great if this was our donut Sunday? Because I could say, now we're going to leave and we're going to eat donuts. But that's not the kind of eating we need. Amen? You, you have to chew the foods you get. Spiritually. Are you with me? We're responsible for ourselves. You, you get what I'm saying by that. And if we do this, we will look more and more like the Lord on the earth. That's huge. If there's two things we should realize is we need to eat. I'm new if I've received the Lord. And I need to not evaluate everything in the world by just what is appearance. They're either lost people or saved people. If you feed the saved, they're going to grow. Life and fruit is going to come forth. 